Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hey there and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, the podcast, which is also a radio show across the Ace Radio Network uh, every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Welcome, Sarah Patterson. Oh, welcome, Kevin Hillier. Beanie clad and nicely trimmed goatee. Draining the last bits out of uh, winter before, hopefully we get some sunshine, some uh, some warmth in our bones and uh, the ability to uh, not uh, shiver all the time. Well, maybe we should head to the Northern Territory, to the top end, which is where our guest this week, Adam Liao, has been. That's where been. he started. Uh, the, uh, there's a new show. It started this week on uh, SBS. It's called Adam and Poe's Great Australian Bites. How fantastic is that for a name for a, f- a food-related show? Adam Liao and uh, and Poe from uh, MasterChef. MasterChef. Uh, both MasterChef alumni. Alumni, yes. Uh, have, uh, searching for Australia's national dish. And we've got Adam on the show this week. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not going to give away any, uh, you know, secrets as to what that might be, Australia's favourite, well, Australia's dish, national, national dish. dish. yeah. But it could be anything, Kevin, from a lamington to a pav. And Adam will explain how they're doing it, where they're going to find out uh, what Australia's mm. national dish is, what they tasted on the way, and who's making the big announcement uh, at the end of the eight episodes of the program of what Australia's national dish mm. actually is. You're going to be feeling ravenous after this episode. Oh, you will. And then we'll get to our food poll, which this week, oh. I must admit, made me feel ravenous. It was sort of a battle of the fast foods um, and a meat option and a veggie option. So it's the nachos mm-hmm. up against... Spare ribs. Yes. Oh. How have you voted? We'll find that out after we talk to our guest from SBS's new show, which is called Adam and Poe's Great Australian Bites, and of course from the Cook Up as well. It's Adam Liao. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Thanks for doing the program. We really appreciate it. Uh, and. Uh, Good luck with your new program, Adam and Poe's Great Australian Bites. Give us a little bit of background on that one. Well, it's basically um, a search for Australia's national dish. You know, I, I personally think that we don't celebrate Australian food enough or we don't think it's good enough or it doesn't, we don't think it exists. Sometimes I've even heard that. You know, Australia doesn't have a cuisine, but uh, we have wonderful food in Australia and I think it's, it's time that we started taking it a little bit more Seriously, giving it the credit it's due, so to speak. You're funny to, to, to say that we we um we don't take it seriously because we really don't. When we think about Australian treats or delicacies or national dishes, we we talk about meat pies, we talk about lamingtons, all those sorts of things, pavlova. But a national dish, it's not something we've ever really, I don't think, given a great deal of thought to. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a device, let's say. You know, it's, it's not like every French person eats beef bourguignon every 10 minutes. But um, I think there are certain dishes in Australia that we all know, that we all kind of get around. And and um, we just sort of wanted to, to talk about that with people and, and go on a bit of a road trip to work out what it was. <laughs> well, speaking of the road trip, yourself and fellow uh, MasterChef alumni, Poe, you're, uh, you're starting off in, uh, in the top end in the Northern Territory. Can you give us a bit of an insight into some of your adventures there? Sure, it's a bit of a bit of a um, bit of a long road trip. So we started, we started Uluru, and um, we uh, uh, sort of explore some indigenous ingredients um, from there, and then have an amazing. Um, I don't know if you, I'd, I'd never even heard of it before we went there, but Taliwiri, there's this um, sort of fine dining experience in the middle of the desert, uh, looking out over you can see the, the uh, Katajuta 
and you can see the LaRue and, and the food is just incredible using a lot of sort of modern techniques but indigenous ingredients. And then from there we head uh, on the GAN up to Darwin, explore a bit more of, um, I guess, how the different parts of Australian food come together because we have indigenous cuisine, indigenous culture, migrant cuisine, migrant culture and European uh, sort of colonial culture coming together, I think, in, in the Northern Territory more completely than anywhere else in Australia. So that's sort of what we look at there. And then and then the road trip kind of goes all around the country. And, and um, it, it was a really fascinating trip to take, actually. It feels to me, just uh, sort of in recent years and, and with um, the advent of, of, of cooking shows on television, we're celebrating Indigenous ingredients are more. They're becoming, they've come to the fore more and, and become more um, recognised. What what kinds of, of, of ingredients are we uh, are we talking about? There are hundreds of thousands, I would yeah. say, of different Indigenous ingredients uh, around the different climates that we have in Australia. You know, the, the things that we um, were experiencing in Kakadu were completely different to what we would get, um, you know, the eastern seaboard or things like that. But like we we start to have this kind of accessibility-based uh, basic Indigenous pantry where we talk about things like aniseed myrtle, lemon myrtle, uh, wattle seed, salt bush, uh, bunion nuts. Those are the things that you can kind of get very accessibly these days. And it wasn't the case, you know, five years, ten years ago. But these these, these days, you can, you know, my local supermarket has uh, uh, warrigal greens and salt bush from time to time. So... Mm. Uh, it, it's starting to get uh, a lot easier to get those ingredients. But then, obviously, it's kind of how long is a piece of string, how deep can you go into uh, Australian uh, Indigenous ingredients. And we have some wonderful practitioners and um, educators in Australia that can take us through. You know, I, I had something the other day called Bloodroot um, from WA. Which oh, it was... sounds yummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of spicy, like, like chilli and, and bright red. Um, like beetroot, and, and it was infused into an oil that came out kind of like a chili oil. You, know, you learn something new every day when you start to explore indigenous ingredients in Australia. I was going to say, Adam, were there many surprises uh, that hit your palate in your in your travels? Many, yeah, really quite a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but also not just the palate, but also in the in the way that we think about it. You know, for, for my part, I would say Australia's national dish is very, very, very clearly. Spaghetti bolognese. So <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah. But um, to be honest, not a lot of people agree with me, <laughs> and, and that's something that uh, you know we, we I won't give away the, the end of the series, but we um, we do put it to the people. We do have a, a vote. Um, we do get the prime minister to read the results of the vote, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I I thought honestly, I, I really did think that everyone would just vote spaghetti bolognese, but it was not the case. I totally agree with you because I think in Australia especially, and I remember growing up, our um, parents had all had a different twist on the yeah, uh, spaghetti yeah. bolognese. My mother would put a handful of chopped green capsicum in hers, and that's how I uh, I remember uh, hers. But I mean, you, you came you came to Australia, Adam, when you were quite young, and and came to Adelaide. Yeah. What sort of things do you remember on the table, and did did things change when you you came from Malaysia to uh, to Adelaide? Oh, a huge amount, you know. Like, I, uh, to be honest, spaghetti bolognese was on the table, <laughs> and I don't think anyone in my entire family had eaten spaghetti bolognese before we came to Australia. So that gives you an idea, you know, the case for the prosecution on what's going on. But we had um, we had a real mix 
of, of, uh, of stuff on the day. Well, obviously, you know, I've Chinese Malaysian heritage. My mum is English from Singapore. So probably mainly Chinese and Chinese Malaysian sort of southern Chinese style food and Malaysian food was what, what we were eating growing up. But then there were also um, some really English dishes that, that made in there. We had, you know, roast beef and Yorkshire puddings and um, we had steaks. And um, my grandma, who probably did most of the cooking when I was young, it was a real, real, eff- um, like specific effort to try and cook inverted commas Australian food. So she didn't actually even eat beef um, for you know religious reasons, but she would make steaks for us and she would make you know spaghetti bolognese with beef mince and shepherd's pies and <laughs> stuff like that, so that we could kind of get a taste for Australian food. But we also obviously we had the uh, the Chinese Malaysian style classics as well. And she was quite an influence on your your um, interest in, in in cooking and cuisine. Your your grandma, yeah, absolutely. You know, she probably she probably made well, not probably. She has certainly made more meals for me than anyone else in the history, in, in in my history. So, um, yeah, uh, most of what I learned about food, I would I would say I learned, learned from her. But it's not just like you know the how to cook. It's also how to appreciate things, how to think about food, how to how to treat it, you know, and and, and the place that it holds in your life. Adam, you made a case for spaghetti bolognese. Is there is there a case for a sweet uh, to be uh, the Australian national dish? You know, pe- people have their their champion like they they have their teams like sports teams when it comes to sweets. People aren't as fastidious about savoury food, but when it comes to sweets, people are very 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 specific about what is good and what is not good. You know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a pavlova and cinnamon donut guy, <laughs> but those those. Two things to me are the pinnacle of sweet food. <laughs> so I'm very much uh, on the Pavlova bandwagon. If we, if we were to have a national sweet, because you know we we roll it out on every special occasion. You know, so it, it is a fixture at Christmas, and you know, not so much for Australia Day for me, but um, um, certainly Christmas every year we'll have a, we'll have a Pav. But I guess some people lean more towards the Lamington. Um, can I also say a scone? <laughs> yes. Hand, hand on my heart here, Adam. If the, the snot block is not the Australian national sweet dish, the vanilla slice, yeah. the traditional Australian <laughs> snot block, I'm sorry, there's something amiss in our country. Fair, fair. Look, you cannot – like that's if you go to a bakery, which will exist in every Australian town or city, um, the one thing that you are guaranteed to have on the menu uh, is the snot block. You know? <laughs> so, again, I, I think you have to look at this very analytically. Like you can go to a bakery and there's no lamington. Nobody complains about that. But if there was no snot block in the bakery, people would be up and up. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. The defence rests. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Adam, since you first came to our attention on television back in, uh, I can't believe it's 2009, I think it was, uh, MasterChef, but yeah. you've, uh, since then you've steadily you know, carved a career uh, presenting uh, food-based television shows. How comfortable do you find it in front of the camera? Is that your, um, your happy place? You know, I like... I... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it's very a very different thing cooking on TV on camera. It's probably a lot more technical than people give it credit for. So, for, and the way I kind of explain it is, so when I'm when I make the cook up, I spend you know ten hours a day in front of the camera cooking, uh, making a whole bunch of episodes, um, and then I come home 
and I'll cook dinner to relax you know? <laughs> because you, you, you don't really relax when you're cooking on TV. In fact, it's really quite stressful because you've got obviously, you know, thousands of people looking at you uh, uh, when it finally goes to air, but you're also trying to think about camera positions and um, getting your hand in the right shape so that you know, people aren't, uh, you're not blocking the camera, you're talking to people at the same time, you're trying to explain not just what you're doing but why you're doing it and, and um, also you, you're conscious that it can't be, you know, if something's taking 20 minutes to cook, you're not going to waffle on about it for 20 minutes. So you're trying to think about at which time you need to say which words so that once it's edited, you still have a coherent um, recipe or method to follow when something goes from being, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of cooking down to two or three minutes of edited uh, broadcast. It's a choreography really, isn't it? It's like, it's like a dance manoeuvre. Uh. Yeah, it is a little bit. So it's a, like I, I do definitely cook to relax, and I do that at home. But but uh, it, it is fun. It's fun doing it in front of the camera. That's for sure. That's why I do it. Um, but there is definitely a, a, a different kind of um, uh, tempo to it. One thing that definitely wouldn't have been relaxing, uh, Adam, was the uh, the grand finale of MasterChef in two thousand and nine. I found this a really interesting bit of uh, trivia that your victory that year uh, was apparently the most watched non-sporting television event in Australian history. You and Callum, that's uh, that's pretty massive. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a, a couple of uh, things that come into play. Then you get an idea of how long ago it was when 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 you realise there were. Not just no streamers, but um, no multi-channels either. We, yeah. we just had the five terrestrial channels on TV. Yeah. There was no, uh, you know, seven mates or ten plus or, you know, I don't, I don't know. What they, <laughs> there's so many channels these days, so the, the audience is fragmented in, in some ways. But um, I guess it was a different time in television then, you know. Everybody did tune in to the TV of an evening on one of those five channels. So you, you kind of had the whole country watching something or, or, or another. Hey, Adam, uh, the Great Australian Bites, the, the new show, on your, on your travels around the countryside, you mentioned that you've, you've tasted a few things you hadn't tasted before and a few others. Any sort of ways of cooking that you discovered on your, on your trip around the country that were a little bit different? Hmm, methods of cooking. You know, uh, you got things like, you know, your, your cup murrays in the Torres Strait where, you know, it's like a New Zealand hungry where you're buried in the ground like that but but one of the great things about cooking is it's all pretty similar technique wise yes there are slight differences in how you might stir fry in a wok or cook in a frying pan but um the process of cooking is surprisingly universal the ingredients can change a little bit the methodologies can change a little bit but essentially people use something with a sharp edge to cut stuff up and they put it into something that's made of metal that's kind of hot and then they take it out again. And it's the same thing all over the world depending on, like, regardless of what culture you come from. You must have a busy schedule, uh, Adam. Um, how important or not important um, is coffee? Are you a coffee man? I am. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little eclectic when it comes to my coffee, though. Like, I, uh, um, I don't have a regular coffee order. I kind of change... Uh, the way I have it, well, I've actually just recently packed up my espresso machine because I do a lot more filter coffee these days. But when I was doing the morning espresso, I'd uh, I'd sort of change it every day. I'd have a long black one day, a short black the next day, a flat white, a piccolo, you know, kind of however I was feeling uh, at the time. But these days, I just uh, you know have a, a nice filter coffee in the morning, pour over. Um, 
and then sort of switch to tea in the afternoon. Adam, you're hosting a dinner party. You're serving Australia's new <laughs> national dish that you and Paul have come up with. Who's getting invited? Who are the who are the, the people that you'd have at your table, dead or alive, these days? Oh, it's kind of a cop out, I guess. But um, for dinner party specifically, and this is you know this is this this question is always phrased as a dinner party question. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I genuinely just like having dinner with my family, you know, extended family. To me, a dinner party with friends, and we, I have friends over a lot, and we'll, you know, have a barbecue um, or, you know, just throw a couple of things on the, on the stove. Um, but I just, honestly, I, I enjoy spending time with my family. I mean, my parents are visiting at the moment. I enjoy uh, having dinner with them. My late grandmother, if she was still with us, I mean, that was, I always say that, like, my favourite meal that I've ever had was probably like Christmas five years ago because everyone was there. It was just, it was such a great time. Yeah. yeah. And I think celebrities are overrated, especially when it compares <laughs> to our family and close friends. Can, can you think of anything worse than like, I don't know, Chris Hemsworth, the other day, we're worried about like, I'd be worried about like, am I, am I serving food that is not healthy Oh, enough? what if you say <laughs> served him too many carbs? That'd be a, that'd be a disaster. <laughs> Maybe one of those aprons that's got abs on the front of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and usually just to finish up, um, Adam, we like to ask our guests if they have a uh, particular cooking or kitchen tip uh, to share. The the tip that I always share is that cooking is so much easier than people think it is because we get worried about all these different ingredients and all the different things that you can do. But basically, to make food taste good, you only taste five things. With your mouth, you literally only taste five things. You only have five taste buds for saltiness, sweetness, sourness, bitterness, and umami or savouriness. Everything else is just sort of smells and aromas and makes things taste different. So if you want to make food taste good, all you have to worry about is how salty is it, how sweet is it, how bitter is it, how sour is it, and how umami is it. That's why the ingredients that you have next to your um, stove, the things that you season food with, are things that essentially don't have much smell to them. You know, there's salt and sugar and, and those kind of things you add to your food to adjust the taste of it. That's how you make food taste good, and that's just that's as simple as it is. There you go. <laughs> now, is the ending going to be uh, – no, no spoilers here, but is the ending going to be controversial? <laughs> I reckon it might be. You know, we actually went back and forth with the with SBS a few times after it happened, and, and they were like, are you sure that's, uh, that's the way that you want to end it? I'm like, we don't have any choice, you know, it's the – the, the prime minister literally reads the result. We can't, we can't um, mm. you know, we're, we're not going to say it was a, a, an unfair election. The, peop- the people <laughs> have spoken. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the new show. Thank you very much. Thanks, Adam. Cheers. See you. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. So check out uh, the program. It's on SBS On Demand. If you missed the first episode, which uh, premiered this week, it is on uh, SBS On Demand. You can catch them up, and there's eight episodes before. As you heard, the Prime Minister will announce <laughs> Australia's national dish is Sarah Patterson. <laughs> or could it be Spagbol? What a lovely story about Adam's uh, grandma making a uh, Spagbol yeah, yeah, yeah. when they first came to Australia just because she wanted to get into the Aussie cuisine. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, so we're into the food poll, though, and it's the nachos. Oh, that's Australia's the national dish, surely. Spare ribs. 
That's Australia's national. No, <laughs> Could be Mexico's. But we'll start with our friend Cherie Dodson, who says she will have nachos for lunch and spare ribs for dinner. There you go. We forget the poll. Finish <laughs> it right there. Silvana says, this is a hard one, but spare ribs will win mm, for me. Delicious. Christopher Gates, nachos. I've never been a fan of spare ribs. Mobsy says both. Peter says, nachos for me, uh, although I wouldn't pass on the spare ribs. Artie Stevens says, not a spare rib fan. Son loves them. I'll always happily nosh a nachos meal, though. Great with a pinot noir. Ew, yum. A pinot noir. Pinot noir. Kevin. Pinot noir. That's how you've got to say that, isn't it? I like it how you throw your head back over your shoulder well, when you say it. Well, that's how you say it. it. It's, it's very Brighton. A pinot, <laughs> a pinot noir. Yeah, that's you, Brighton. Pinot noir. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Terry's. I'm, no, I'm noy by the sea. You have I'm no not idea what I'm witnessing honest. here. Terry yeah, says, yummo, spare ribs, please. Rebecca says, both. Nachos is pretty hard to come by here. Beck lives in Thailand, uh, but a few places do vegan spare ribs. How do you do a vegan spare rib? I've got no idea. Goodness me. You can't. How'd you do the bone bit? She says yummy. Well, there you go. I don't know. <laughs> Sue Hosking. That's got me, that's got me flummoxed. <laughs> Tell us how, Beck. Um, Sue Hosking says nachos. Uh, Marilyn says spare ribs cooked using my secret recipe. Yum. Oh, yum. Oh, well, that's no fun, Marilyn, if we don't know what it is. Can't <laughs> Please you be share. Like, can't you be like the Herald Sun where, you know, secret meeting and then we've got photos of it? Secret splash recipe. It, splash it across the front yeah, page. Exactly. Sharon says spare ribs, no contest. Karen says spare ribs. Davin Nicola says, nachos for me, spare ribs are too sweet for my liking. Okay. Simon Owens, our radio buddy, says, nachos, Taco Bell nachos, not Taco Bell nachos, preferably washed down with their one litre fruit (laughs) tingle cordial cocktail. Uh, Simon Owens encourages the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) Well, that's no fun. I'm sure he does. Yeah, the Taco Bell nachos are good. I've had those before too. Yeah, they are good. Yummy. Yeah. Uh, Jim Wilson says, ribs. Kenny Lowe. Kenny Lowe, the former uh, oh, coach of uh, Perth Glory. Yeah. He wants the Middlesbrough Parmo. What's that? No, I don't no idea. Kenny oh. Kenny's a quite eccentric human being. Right. I included him in the uh, in the tag this week because his name came up and I thought I'll see what he's got to say. <laughs> and he didn't let me down Does he with mean it. a Parma Parma, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm assuming that. Good yeah. on you, Kenny. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Kenny. Martin Vic Park says team spare ribs. Darren says ribs all day, every day. Muzz Francis. Entree and main. Good one. Oh, you'll have both. There you go. Daniel Harford says glazed ribs. Oh, hello. To go with Daniel's expression. (laughs) What's that? Glazed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Huff. Tim says ribs all day long. Old croaky says spare me the ribs. Oh. See what he did there? Oh, spare me the (laughs) ribs. Uh, it's a hard uh. room to work, old Crocky. Often tough work for little result. Uh, bar the bits stick between your teeth. Yeah. Yeah, I get that yeah. too. The crunchy, gooey comfort food that is nachos is mm. my choice. And it's got the crunch factor with the nachos. Ms. Sandy Crack says nachos, but only from Amigos. Oh. Now only in Hardware Lane, that would oh, be in okay. Melbourne in the city, yep. as they are the only place I know that stands the corn chips on their sides. So every single chip gets a piece of the cheesy action. That's what? it. That's the secret. Sandy Crack, you've just you've just absolutely opened up my one pet peeve is that you finish up with so many nacho dishes that you buy with yeah. just a whole stack of corn chips that oh, don't have yeah. anything on them. Yes, exactly. 
And I think that's the good thing about the Taco Bell nachos is that you do get an even spread of cheese yeah. across every every nacho. They're, they're flattened out right across the plate. Okay. But a really good point there. Here's the votes. Good on you, Sandy. Yeah. Uh, here's the votes. Both 15%. You pigs. Um, <laughs> nachos, 35%. And spare ribs wins with 50%. You know what? Ah. I, they're two dishes that I love. Uh, occasionally, mm-hmm. and they're two dishes that are really easily stuffed up yes. by either not being spread of uh, the uh, the condiments being spread across the nachos, or the ribs being fatty and and or undercooked. Oh. They need to fall off the bone. You know what I'm like with that. Yes. Uh, oh, do yes. I do, do, I do, what? do oh, spare oh, me the ribs? Kevin is the rib police. Spare me the undercooked ribs, <laughs> old croaky. <laughs> he's he's the he's the fun cop. Ah, uh, yes. I've, <laughs> It's, it's a the bit fun of, police. A bit of a rib tickler, this one. Oh, Kevin. Uh, Adam and Poe's Great Australian Bites. Uh, SBS On Demand, if you missed the first episode, but check it out, the Australian national dish. It'll, I reckon it'll be controversial what they come up I with. I do too, somehow. Yeah. I wonder how the meat pie will fare. Couldn't. We couldn't Four do and that. 20. We couldn't. Could we? Yeah, well, it's, well, Adam indicated that it might be controversial. Oh, it could be a pie. Well, it might. Oh, well, we'll find out in uh, episode eight. Hope you enjoyed this edition <laughs> of Food Bites. There's plenty of other episodes of uh, this fabulous podcast where you found this one. So go for a little trip now and see what you can find till we talk to you next week. We'll be back. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.